We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This thing on? See, now I'm getting mad. Because it's getting ready to be on. I want my whiskey to bite me a little bit. This is the kind of psychopath that I hang out with. I got beat up outside of a Denny's. The Rockpile Report. With Buffalo Bills season ticket holder, Drew Gear. He likes to get in Max's nose. Something I can't do with this podcast because I drink too much. Chris Kruger. My rollerblading blonde mohawk producer. The pettiest, hardest drinking Bills podcast. I'm an adult. I know what I'm about. Everybody to another edition of the Rockpile Report podcast. I'm your host, Bill, season ticket holder Drew Gear. That's my producer, Chris Kruger. And Chris has bestowed upon me. You know, you make a lot of cocktails, Chris, and you make a lot of things that you pass off to me. And I see this, and I think that this drink is very fitting with the theme of tonight's show. You know, it's it's hilarious. You know how Bruce Nolan likes to do these thematic pods where he has these like, I'm going to give you this really in-depth and intricate, like, I'm going to give you a story or an idea, and I'm going to break it down scientifically, and then I'm going to, that's going to be thematic throughout the course of the thing. I'm not bright enough for all of that, but I can tell you what, the theme of tonight's show is confidence. And I'll tell you this, it starts with this drink, because first of all, this glass, these glasses, like, I think you're doing this intentionally because you know I don't like them. This, if you look at mine right here, this glass my parents brought my parents were just here they left this morning they brought me a you don't have it because i'm not fucking giving you the glass that they glasses that they brought but i got a set of coop and nick and nor glasses that they got at their first wedding in 1978 and that is what i'm drinking the cocktail out of what is this thing called again well you Drink it, and then you tell me if you like it. No, what's this this glass called? Coop. A coop. I hate you. If you let me guess, is there an accent over the e? Most likely. I hate you. It takes a lot of confidence to walk around with a purple drink in a glass like this. Oh, it's so good. Although it is twenty twenty three, so it is so good. With I that mean, said, I've had it before, and it I'm, is. I smell citrus. 
absolutely delicious. It's the color of some kind of what I would assume would be like a like a pipe cleaner or a like a Drano type color to it. Yeah. Maybe Chris is actually just trying to kill me. We'll find out. Okay, very lime forward. I taste a lot of lime. So it's is that a rum? No. Okay, what am I drinking here? Because this isn't bad. It's it's fruity. I could see on a hot day this would be nice. Which today, hot day. I don't know if you went outside today. Yeah. Scorching hot in Buffalo. It is called a Yasco Lily. And it has Cointreau. Okay, that's your orange liqueur. Lime. Okay, that's, so it's very citrus forward. Creme de Violet, which is a floral liqueur. That is where the purple color is coming from. And then tequila and mezcal. Although I, I, I don't get a whole lot of smoke. No, on I was going to say, I'm not tasting the smoke from the mezcal. I could probably, the other mezcal I have probably gives it a, a much more smoky flavor. That is definitely a 90 degree sitting out on a patio drink. Very fruit forward, very light. The tequila burn is kind of subtle, maybe not even there at all. Like it's very smooth. This is good. <clears throat> I, I drink you a just dozen of these. Don't like the color. I just, I just can't get over the, that and the fact that there's cre- It's in a coupe, one drink that has an accent over the e, and then there's a creme de something. More e's. Do you know how hard it is as a man to sit here and drink things that have accents over the e's, Chris? I don't know. I'm gonna do. I'm doing this right now. I'm gonna take a picture of said cocktail. And I'm going to DM it to our good cocktail friend. Brett Coleman? Close, Andy Anderson. Ah. Who also will choke you out. Listen, Andy, I'm not as good as I once was, but uh, no, I'm not even joking. If he trains Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Chris, I I don't know what my odds are, but they'd have to be astronomical. In fact, I I might have to, you know, in order to avoid being banned from, you know, being... Getting myself in trouble with whatever regulating body. If we could get odds on what me versus Andy Anderson would be, I would have someone else place a bet against me under, you know, for me on my behalf. Yeah. I'd have to do that so I don't get suspended like all these football players are doing. Ooh, do you hear more of them got suspended? Yeah, that's how dumb can you be? Do you know the balls it takes to be like, hey, you know, a bunch of people. One guy got banned for an entire season for doing this. Now six players got banned for gambling. Oh wait, there's more. You'd think that this would be enough, and yet the guys are like, they're so confident that they're like, I'm not going to get caught. I'll gamble oh, millions of dollars so I can what be on FanDuel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Stupid. The theme of tonight's show is confidence. The confidence it took me to drink that drink. The confidence it takes to gamble on a sport that you are actively playing or uh, something you're involved in. And there was a guy, Chris, that really, I think, I, I, he, he goes down as, I think, Western New York's most confident man. I don't know his name. I wish I would follow him home so I could find out more about his life story. I'm picking my children up from daycare. I'm at the corner of Borden and Clinton, which isn't far from here. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's probably about five minutes down the road from where we are currently recording. Um, we get to the intersection, and there's a right-hand turning lane, and there's a lane that Andy goes Andy said, relax. <laughs> <laughs> I said you're hating on the look of the drink. 
I will not relax. So this guy pulls up next to me, and my son immediately, he notices the blaring music, and I look to my right, and this is what I see, Chris. First of all, it's a PT Cruiser. Can I say, based on the notes on this topic that you have sent me, I'm picturing, like, Will Ferrell in old school when he's fixing the car, just listening to Whitesnake. Chris? Remember your old mohawk? Yeah. Well, which one? I've done it three times. The blonde one? Yeah. This guy has a blonde mohawk. That's how I got Jessica. He's driving a PT Cruiser that's also a convertible. Okay, like, again, the PT Cruiser is a vibe. To have a convertible PT Cruiser, I didn't even know that those things existed. He may have made it himself. I don't know. He's got Chris's mohawk. He's wearing, like, fully wraparound, not like Macho Man Randy Savage shades, like maybe Pit Vipers. This PT Cruiser is not only a convertible, Chris, but he has he must have a trailer hitch on it because he is hauling a trailer that is attached to the PT Cruiser. In the trailer is a go-kart with a giant flag that just says badass on it. And this guy is blasting hair rock. I mean, just letting it hang out. Like we're talking like a like your poison rat. Yeah, like Europe. Hard, like like dry not like ballady like hair rock. I'm talking like driving music. Like guy. Uh, I don't know, like I don't want to cause it was a little harder than Panama, but it was the kind of thing that if I was listening to I would definitely be speeding. And he's just at a stoplight, just drumming on his steering wheel. And I'm like, that guy, that guy's balls are huge. I can tell. <laughs> I can tell by the way he carries himself. Now, the thing he's doing is idiotic, right? Like, all of this is stupid. But he's so confident that you have to just take a step back and respect it. Like, you, you, you recognize it. And you say to yourself, all right, that guy has the confidence, right? Like, he has the confidence to be dumb. Tonight, we're going to talk about some of that, right? We're going to talk about people who are confidently stupid when it comes to these off-season narratives and storylines that are being created. Do you want me to get to my cousin's surprise party? Because it ties in with stupid. Sure. Hit me with it. So my cousin turned... As I sip my creme de violet. Well, I mean, it's a part of the drink. It's called the Yasko Lily. So I went to Hamburg Bruco on Saturday for my cousin's surprise 50th birthday party. And I probably... He lives here. I maybe see his side of the family once a year. So there's a bunch of people there. They know I do a podcast. They have questions. They need answers from me. Do you have any guess as to what Bill's topic... I got asked about the most. Whether Josh Allen is a Chelsea boot man or whether he rocks more of a chucka or whether he's just sandals. No, it's just It's a storyline. Oh, boy. Shoot. Tell me. I got asked. What is the deal with Josh and Brittany? 
<laughs> that that was what I got asked the most. And they were like, "He got somebody pregnant." No, he didn't. Not that no, I can didn't. prove. Not that anyone can prove. No, he didn't. My sources, which I will tell you right now, that's not Reed. Reed has nothing. To, I've never talked to Reed, and I don't think you have either. About, like, hey man, off the record. <laughs> No. Dot, 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 dot. We've never done that. That's not no. part of our relationship with Reed. But no. I have other sources. Mostly because I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> other sources have confirmed they just broke up because Brittany wanted to get married and Josh wasn't ready. Why do you think she puts out on social media, I'm taking husband applications? Because Josh said he wasn't ready. She bounced. End of story. I love move that, on with your lives. All I, right. I love that you know more about this than me because I, I did like even that. Like if people started talking to me about this, I think I glaze over and just go into a coma. But that's it. That's the theme of tonight's show. Confident confidence as it relates to stupidity and also some of you people needing to find something to do with your time. Right. Like, I'm not talking about the confidence necessary to sit behind a mic and do a podcast or to ask out a pretty girl or willingly. Yeah, wear chinos despite being an adult male like someone else in this room with me right now. I'm talking about the confidence to say really, really dumb shit, sometimes in good faith, or what's better known as simple stupidity, and sometimes specifically to sow seeds of discontentment, to generate clicks, generate engagement. But realistically, it all falls under the same banner of stupidity. Confidence, stupidity. And that applies to some of our fan base. Maybe some of you listening right now who really need to find a new hobby to get yourself over the hump of like a summer with no football. But Chris, it's this this time of year is the worst, isn't it? I tweeted For out us, thing, yeah, we got to make content in May and our June. Our friend Eric tweeted out today. He's like, I don't. He's like, I can't pay attention to this app anymore. I retweeted it because he goes, you guys are terrible. Because <laughs> every time I turn this to open this app up. My fellow Bills fans are on some kind of stupid shit, and I can't I can't do it anymore. I can't come with you. And I'm telling you what, I'm right there with him. Like, I'm looking at this. I love you all, right? Obviously, our fan base is smart enough, or at least agnostic enough, to not have fallen into this trap, or gone, gone down a rabbit hole of nonsense clearly written in bad faith, or arguing with dorks on the internet over nonsense that doesn't matter, like it's an unfunny version of whose line is it anyway... Obviously, none of our listeners are those people, but we're here to talk about them tonight. Chris, let's start with the Josh Allen nonsense, right? The other day, I open up Twitter. First of all, who the hell is Haley Steinfeld? Don't know. D don't know. C can you do me a favor? Throw up a screen here in front of me on our monitor. It's parked over here in front of me. Can you give it a goog? The old IMDB. Pull up by Haley Steinfeld. I have no, I believe I saw somewhere that she was the girl in the movie True Grit. And that would be the only thing that I know about her because I love that movie. In fact, me and my friend Neil famously got drunk in that, drunk at the Regal Cinemas, uh, Chris, right around the corner from where I live now on, uh, Mile Strip. Yeah. We went to premiere. We bought some black velvet, like a fifth. We got drinks, we mixed drinks, we went to the theater on a Thursday night to see True Grit, like the week it came out, and it was the two of us and one f 
he had to be in his late 50s, early 60s-year-old man. We were the only three people in the theater. So, of course, we're watching a Western movie, and we're drinking whiskey, and we're being loud. And this, like, 20-year-old usher comes in and tries to tell us to quiet down. And I just remember, like, us heckling him. Because we're like, there's, he's like, you're bothering the other patrons. What other patrons? There's no one here. And he's like, well, there is another gentleman up in the corner. And then that guy started making fun of the kid. And then we ended up giving him some of our whiskey. We were like, this is the best night. It, it's hands down, best experience I've ever had in a movie theater in my entire life. What movie was she supposed to be in? True Grit, yeah. I heard. Okay, she, there it is. So 2010 that would have been. So how old would that make me? I'm 38 now, shaved 13 years. I would have been, what, 25? Yeah. Yeah, that tracks. I've never heard of that movie. <laughs> of course you haven't. You haven't seen any movie. But let's scroll up here and see what has she been in. Pitch Perfect. That's a thing, I guess. Like Three Days a, to Kill. If you're like a teenage girl. Or... Ender's Game. Ender's Game wasn't bad. Oh, she was in Taylor Swift's Bad Blood music <laughs> oh, video. Oh, my God. St- I, I'm okay. going to say she sings because I see music okay. like Haley Steinfeld's music up. video. I, I want to see what she's done lately. Why is she so popular? Pitch Perfect 3, Spider-Man. Okay, wait. Chuck's Angels. So Spider-Man and Spider-Man. Wait, I'm seeing it now. So it's a Marvel thing. This makes a lot of sense now. Hawkeye. Okay. Okay. So, so Chris, what this is... Because this is what I found out. I opened up Twitter the other day, and I did, I see, like, Josh Allen, girl. And I go, okay, that's... I don't, I don't care. It, it does nothing for me. And then... I realize that, like, some of these tweets have thousands of comments. And I, like the moron that I am, looked. I go, what, what could you possibly have to say about Josh Allen? I'm like, I'm sure it's just, like, some of it's probably stuff about his ex, probably snarky commentary about how, oh, I thought he was locked in, uh, focusing on the season. Uh, WGR Wander line type shit, Chris. Instead, what I was subjected to was, I, I guess, first of all, this Haley Steinfeld is very popular in the, uh, now it makes sense with the Marvel stuff, what I will call lovingly referred to as the dork community. <laughs> she's, a, she's got her own fan base. It's like a miniature version of the beehive for Beyonce. And uh, they were not pleased that she's dating Josh Allen. Now, first of all, Chris... Actress, singer, alleged singer. I don't care what anyone like, like, I don't care if you don't care about sports. Josh Allen's a six foot five, 245 pound chiseled millionaire. That's going to play for a lot of women out there, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> what I take per, like, I guess I just, I, I shocked me is that this has literally like, thousands and thousands of comments and quote tweets that amount to essentially the theme of the movie revenge of the nerds it's the jocks versus the dorks football fans going to verbal warfare on social media with a bunch of people who don't even know that a football is oblong ready ready for this i've seen that movie i saw it in like high school true grit no, Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> oh, you did see that one. Yes, a film that Chris knows. This, I'll, I'll drink it. I'll raise a gentleman to that. What it is is, I don't. So I'm 38. Comedy Central afternoons when we were in high school showed Revenge of the Nerds 
or any Gallagher special. <laughs> Gallagher. That's that's where I've seen Revenge of the Nerds. Gallagher. So this is this is what I'll say. This is all much ado about nothing. I don't give a shit what my quarterback does. Remember how we talked about humanizing athletes, Chris? Yeah. We talked about it with Tyler Dunn. We've had sh- we've done a lot of I think we've worked pretty hard to try to further that agenda of us humanizing athletes. I think there also needs to be an understanding that we have a contract with these guys, at least as far as I'm concerned. I have a contract with you as an athlete, right? And here's what it is. Do the thing that I like well. I like the game of football. Go do that thing well. If you do it well, I will applaud. If you do it poorly, I will boo. I reserve the right to heckle and boo. And if you do it, and you can not like that, but if you do it poorly enough for long enough, you won't be here to do it anymore, and someone else will roll along, and I will either boo and heckle or applaud them. And that's the way this whole thing works, right? Yeah. Outside of that, do the thing. Beyond that, I don't care what you do. Right. It doesn't matter to me. And so with that in mind, I can't believe that people are this whipped up over this. What what who Josh Allen is seeing. I like the fact that people are more mad thinking that this, I guess, Marvel, Marvel character actress has stooped to dating a chiseled millionaire. Yeah, <laughs> because it, it, I, I'm not even going to get into it. It's just it's revenge of the nerds and you all need to stop. You all need to find other things to do. But also, Chris, I, I you know, I'm, I'm leaving work and I, you know, I turn on the radio and I hear them literally talking on the radio about a DeAndre Hopkins tweet. All he tweeted out was three, like three periods, dot, dot, dot. And then the hear no evil, speak no evil, see no evil monkeys. That's it. Do you know how many times that got seen? A lot. Can we just sidetrack? We got a sidebar up here. Oh, sidebar. Sidebar. So this Jessica just tossed me a shirt, and this feels this Jessica. This feels cheap. I'm feeling it. So we bought some stuff from China. Oh no! You can go get. There's websites. You can go buy stuff off of China. We got something that we didn't order. As you can see, look at that. It is a, it's a tank top. And according to this shirt, it is an XL. If I know an XL, it's the guy over here to my far, very far left. So you're taking this home tonight. I'm so excited. This cut-off tank top that feels real cheap, and it says... Hotter than a hoochie coochie. Oh, and it's Alan Jackson. Look, oh my I, God! I, that, oh my God! That that's yours to take home. We're doing after dark. I'm wearing this shirt. Yeah, I'm wearing this shirt. Oh my God! It's an Alan Jackson cutoff shirt. My weekend just got so much better. You, can, you guys have no idea. You can thank China. I, hey, Mao, you're not that bad. It's pretty bad, but not that bad. (laughs) Anyways, that might have been offensive. I'm sorry. 
I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I sorry. I was overcome with joy over the Alan Jackson color. Guys, I'm going to be wearing this. Make sure you watch her after dark this week. I will have this shirt on later tonight. Back to the DeAndre Hopkins tweet. 4.5 million people looked at this tweet. It has 20,000 likes. This is ridiculous. And I have to sit here on WGR and listen to them talk about, like, well, what could it mean? What does it mean? You know what, it, you know what these people who are trying to, like, decipher athletes' tweets this time of season? They're like, this free agent just tweeted this. Oh, my God, what could it mean? You know what you remind me of? You remind me of the movie Little Giants, where they're standing in the bushes spying, right? Uh, Ed O'Neill. Yep. Uh, what is it, Danny O'Shea? Um, I have no idea. I've never seen that movie. Google, Google it while we're sitting here. The O'Shea brothers fighting for football dominance within their little town, and they're standing in the bushes spying on the kids that are supposed to be the losers. And the, uh, let's see, Ed O'Neill is Danny. Yeah, Danny O'Shea! Hell yeah! My ma- Like a steel trap, baby, no matter how much booze I drink. Danny and Kevin O'Shea. So Danny has his football team out there, and they're just... The, 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 I think the guy's name was Butts. I, I even remember the film. And he's standing in the bushes. He's like, ah, you got to see this play. The, the fullback is in the backfield, and, 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 and the quarterback isn't even on the field. He's not even there. And he goes, they're standing around. It's just a bunch of kids standing around picking their noses. That's what you all sound like. Trying to decipher athletes' tweets. It's fucking ridiculous. They're human beings, right? Chris, how many things... Well, if you tried to look in-depth into things that we tweet, what do you think you're going to find, Chris? This is incredible. They got the guards in the back. <laughs> they, they got the center to the right. And, and the quarterback isn't even there. They're standing around, butts. Oh, yeah. I love that you just had that on tap. We used that a long time ago. <laughs> uh, this is what you all sound like when you're when you're out here. Every time an athlete tweets something, you're all, oh, what could it mean? Let's let's all comment and tweet about it and talk about it. You're fucking killing me. You're killing me inside. Right. Like now, here's what I'll say. The DeAndre Hopkins thing, I understand why it's a hot topic. And this is, again, another take that I go, you have the confidence to say this, and it means almost nothing. Adam Schefter, on his podcast, and I think in tweet form, also talked about uh, how the Bills are, quote-unquote, unlikely to land DeAndre Hopkins. Ryan Lasell, our friend, Rock Sports Network, had a funny line when I brought this up to him. And I said, he said, whenever Schefter stops acting like a mouthpiece for agents or players or the NFL and just starts trying to discuss NFL topics with any kind of nuance, he really does kind of show his ass because he's not good at that. He needs to stick to what he's good at. Like in his report and in that conversation, he specifically mentions that DeAndre Hopkins probably won't play here unless he wants to, you know, unless he wants to get underpaid. Right. He goes, oh, Buffalo just like. Unless he doesn't want to get paid, he's not playing for Buffalo. Like, nothing else, no other nuance, can't bring anything else to the conversation. Didn't we just trash media for this the other day? Okay. He just keeps droning on and on about how Buffalo can't pay him top dollar as a wide receiver. Come on, sweetie. Don't be a bitch. Let's talk some numbers here. 
But if that's the case, then who the hell does he play for? Cleveland. Well, th- prob- maybe. Chris, if you want to go ahead and pull up Spotrack cap space by NFL team, right now there's at least 12 teams that I know of that don't have the cap space as of today to pull off a signing like that. What do you want, cap space Spotrack? Yep. Got NFL it. cap space rankings. Meanwhile, there's at least another 10 that have a ton of money. But at that point, he might as well have just stayed in Arizona. <laughs> because those teams aren't going to win many more games than the team that is the odds-on leader in losses in Vegas for 2023, the Arizona Cardinals. They're projected to be the worst, far and away the worst team in football. He should have just stayed there and been a good soldier and gotten his money at that point, don't you think? Yeah. Like, if, like, if you're going to leave an upheaval and force your way off of a roster through non-compliance and not you know benching yourself for games forcing a new gm to be like hey look i'm not going to lose a trade and also i don't want to seem was soft so i'm just going to cut you and that's just the end then i don't know like what are you going to? You did that for a purpose, probably because you want some money, but also you want to play competitive football, I would think. The problem is the way it lays out, that's not going to fucking happen, right? Like, I don't know. Why not lead with that, though, if you're Adam Schefter, rather than singling out one team and its hyperbolic fan base to make your point about how Hopkins isn't likely to take a discount? He could have used any team. He used Buffalo, right? Any team could have been the subject to this and instead he chose buffalo probably because he knows our fan base is pretty hyperbolic we do chris true or false we move the needle we do okay like the speculation early on was that kansas city and buffalo are both pursuing hopkins and the funny thing is is that they're both in the bottom of the nfl in terms of cap space last two why not include Kansas City in that commentary? I mean, it's interesting when you look into the cap mechanics at play for each team. Because, Chris, I don't know about you, but I'm firmly on team anybody but Kansas City, right? Yeah. I don't give a shit if he doesn't play for me. I don't care where he goes. I just don't want him in our division or on Kansas City. You think about this. Buffalo has restructure options that can open up about $13 million in cap space. The The caveat here is that the guys that they would restructure, a Tredavious White, a, uh, and in fact, the guys over at Cover One just tweeted out the other day that Trey White, they have it on, they have sources, they claim, that the team gave, you know, did some more diagnostic imaging and things like that of his knee to make sure that his ACL recovery seems like it's a full go. That sounds like a precursor towards them maybe thinking about restructuring his contract, right? Like, he started to become old Trey White down the stretch last year. Yeah. Until well, what has Kyle always said? It takes, what, two, <clears throat> two years to really recover yeah. from an ACL. And now the talk throughout OTAs is that he looks like old Tredavious White. The team is trying to figure out, is this the guy we're going to get going forward? Because if so, we can gamble and make a little cap room and make some moves for ourselves by restructuring him. You're also talking about Deion Dawkins. A left tackle who's been maybe not you know, he's never been a all pro but he is reliable he's a guy that you would want on the team probably long term so there's no risk to restructuring those deals because they're already on the books 
you're just changing how the money gets meted out because you're not cutting those guys before the end of their de- the end of their deals anyway. Meanwhile, for Kansas City, they obviously have the ability to restructure contracts the same way Buffalo does. But the ramifications for Kansas City might make it like th- that might be the biggest like that might be the biggest hurdle for them to clear. Patrick Mahomes, he has two Super Bowl rings now, under contract till twenty thirty two. I mean, that was a master class. You know, the GM did the thing. He said, listen, I found a sweet, sweet contract. He's tied to our franchise from probably his entire prime. And then we figure out what to do after the fact. Well, he lost his spot as the highest paid quarterback in the NFL after just two years. He has two Super Bowls and obviously is the game's what? Chris, best quarterback? Yeah. It's him and Josh? Yeah. Maybe you throw Burrow into the conversation, maybe? Yeah, you see Burrow, Allen, Mahomes. It's it's a well, what do you call it? A, a trifecta. A trifecta. Tom Brady spent years chasing rings and taking less money, but it doesn't sound like that's in the works for Kansas City Mahomes because everything out of Kansas City is that Mahomes and his agent have already come to the team and been like, "We need to get paid now." Like the market is this contract, this sweet contract that everyone celebrated when you signed it. My guy's outplayed it. He won you two Super Bowls. You need to pony up and make my guy whole. And they're going to do it. Because what are you going to do, Chris? Are you going to get into a pissing contest now with your fran- with your obviously franchise quarterback? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah. So they're stuck waiting for Burrow and Herbert to get deals so they can shell out more money, right? To the guy that is responsible for bringing their franchise back to NFL relevance. And that alone could make them gun shy to restructure or extend anybody who's old. Any aging players, veteran players, because Chris, what happens if Patrick Mahomes, let's say the salary cap, it'll keep increasing, but what if it Mahomes wants enough money that he knows he'll be on top for three seasons. Well, yeah. now all of a sudden you're talking about a world where you can't afford some of those veteran guys and you don't what, do you want to paint yourself in a corner? No. no. Also, they have eight starters that are going to hit free agency in 2024. Eight. Legereus Sneed, who's been very good. Willie Gay, their punter, Tommy Townsend, who famously, I got a bunch of Coors Coors Banquet beers because he and Reed Ferguson made a bet on the outcome of the Sunday night football game. Remember that? Yeah. 
Yeah, I got to. And he gave him Coors Banquet beers out of spite. And Reed was like, I'm not drinking that shit. I was like, I, I'm trash. I will drink that. No, I'm not a cowboy. This isn't Yellowstone. I just like that beer. Although, really, I don't. It's kind of sweet. It's malty. It's hard to drink. But they got a lot of guys, right? Chris Jones. Chris Jones, since you let Frank Clark go, you have to get Chris Jones under a new deal. And then Joe Tooney, 31-year-old guard, but a pro bowler. Like, his deal was made with an out in 2024, where they could save $7 million if they cut him. And then $22 million in 2025 if he's off the roster. You restructure him, you're never going to realize those cap savings. It's going to make it harder for you to build a football team while you also give your quarterback a fat raise. Like... So so now you're talking about okay, I can't go play. If I'm DeAndre Hopkins and I want I want top dollar, I'm gonna go play for a I'm gonna do the OBJ thing, right? I'm gonna go find a team that's willing to give me my money but also at least looks competitive. If you do it through the right lens and you kind of spin things a little bit, you go, that team could be a Super Bowl winner, maybe. Maybe I could go there and have a lot of fun, win a bunch of games, it'll be a good time. Chris Let's look at this list here. Who's at the top? Let's scroll up here. Go go to the very top of Spotrax. Chicago. Okay. So Chicago, with the DeAndre Hopkins, I don't know that that makes them that much better. Correct. Right? Like, they have $32 million in cap space, but does Chicago, with a quarterback who's a better runner than a passer right now in his career, make it? What does it do for you? You should have stayed in Arizona. The Panthers with a rookie quarterback who you don't know anything about. Now, he could end up there. That could be a franchise that says, listen, we just traded away a wide receiver in the offseason. Maybe we go and do that. The Cowboys are competitive-ish until the playoffs happen. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Beyond that, Chris, not a single team here. Uh, The Packers, the Texans, the Jets, Jets, the Lions. Super Bowl contenders. Yeah. Fucking. So you have all of this stuff going on. The Jets have already said they're not interested. Now, obviously, that can change, but the Jets have said they're not interested. Um, Detroit has, I believe, said that they're not interested. You go down the list here, like, what, are you going to go play with Mac Jones in New England? Maybe. Nobody wants to go to New England. Uh, since, he's not, since he's out, because they already have wide receiver cap problems. <laughs> They're going to have to figure out. Ty- Jamar Chase is going to need a contract, and so is uh, what's-his-face. Not Tyler Boyd. He's the old man. Uh, T-, uh, T. Higgins. They're going to have to figure out what to do at wide receiver. Signing another aging receiver to a fat contract is not a good idea. Not for them. The Saints, the Dolphins already have enough receivers. I mean, they could try to squeeze him in, but what? <laughs> you see where I'm going with this, right? And then the teams that have a t- so the teams that have a ton of money, right? Don't have the quarterback play or the offensive firepower or the team structure around him to ensure that it, you're going to be competitive. I could see him ending up with an NFC team. You know, maybe Detroit gets ballsy. They decide they're in because they feel like the division's open for the first time. That I could see happening. Yeah, I just don't know where he goes in the AFC that can pay him top dollar and it's not anticlimactic, right? Like, that's it. He's he's going to sign, and it's going to be just like the OBJ deal, where everyone goes, wait a minute, what? You took what? 
to go where? And every and he'll go, well, you know, I'm still we're we're gonna compete. And they're like, no, you're gonna count your Benjamins and just okay. That was your career. Thanks for showing up, Hopkins. Thanks. So I, I just wish that fans would stop talking about this. And in fact, in our next podcast we're about to record after we finish this one, which I may put that shirt on just to, Chris, I'm it, I'm itching. It's burning a hole in my pocket. Do you feel how cheap that is? Who do you think you're talking to? <laughs> With that in mind, like, I think we all need to just let this thing go. It's going to go the same way as the OBJ thing, right? It's going to. It has to. Yeah. Kansas City's not going to pay him. We're not going to pay him. The Bengals aren't going to pay him. So it's not going to be anything that I give a damn about. He's going to go to some also-ran that still somehow gives him some credibility, but also, I mean, it's the Jets, right? The Jets is the only, the only team out there that could, again, be better with him. And at the same time, they've already said they're out. So I don't know. Like anybody else in the AFC, I, it doesn't move the needle for me. What, New England with uh, Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi, Whoever they decide to do when Bill Belichick gets mad because he, you know, Mac Jones goes to the post office and talks to some old man about what, how they should be running their offense rather than just shutting up and doing what Bill says. Fucking. Yeah, that's not happening. That's not happening. Although he did tweet again, people who like to get excited about this. He put on Instagram him like adding Patagonia and being like, hey, do you hear I like the cold weather now? You should look me up like we could have a spot. So. Like kind of insinuating he's looking to sign with a cold weather city. Like, come on. But the piece to resist us guys of off season horseshit to talk about and things that they're like stupidity, but the confidence to be stupid. That falls to our friend Ross Tucker. Former Buffalo Bill. Chris, do you know that Sean McDermott is the NFL's twenty second best head coach? I saw that thanks to the internet. Guys, this one is like compliments of somebody that I've attacked for this same hack behavior in the past that you've all just forgotten about. Remember, remember we got that message from Lars where he was like, hey, he just like subtweeted you on his podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, guys, he just talked about you kind of without naming you on his podcast about... Angry Bills fans attacking him on social media. It's hilarious. It's not Angry Bills fans. It's one Angry Bills fan with a glass of whiskey in my hand. And I don't forget because I'm petty, right? Right. So, guys, just to take you back in time to set the table for this entire thing. Uh, 2021 NFL playoffs. Yeah, it's COVID. The Bills had just won their first playoff game. Chris, like the drought had been broken for a few years, but we lost in the first round both times. Jacksonville in 2017, uh, 2019-2020, we made it, and then we lost to Houston. Yep, remember it. So now you're talking 2020-2021, the COVID season. I was going to go to that game, and I bailed out at the last second on Ryan Lacell, and he went and had a, the time of his life. Uh Ross Tucker that morning is on BetQL. 
some people might know here locally, WGR 550, the station they're on, the, the company that owns them basically offloaded ESPN Radio and now airs the BetQL network. So it's just, if you go to the AM side of what they're doing, it's just all sports betting talk all day long. And so I'm driving around that morning. I'm, you know, it's the Baltimore Ravens versus the Buffalo Bills. They're coming into our building for a playoff game. We just won our first playoff game in forever. And Ross Tucker's on the show. And I'm listening to this as I'm driving around running my errands. And he's chortling. Like, you know what a chortle is. There's a difference between like, hey, I'm good natured, folksy, kind of laughing about something and chortling. He's chortling with his hack buddies over at BetQL Network. And in fact, not all of them. Like Some of them were strongly opposed to what he was saying, but it was essentially him. They were like, okay, Ross, so Bills, you know, Bills, a city, you know, a city that you're familiar with, a city that you have ties with or you're close to. Bills Ravens, what do you got? Who are you taking? Let's talk about the narratives and the, the lines. And he goes right out of the gate. He goes, oh. My money's definitely on Baltimore. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's interesting. Maybe he's got a little insight. Maybe he knows something. Chris, ahead of that game, we were all very nervous, correct? Yeah. It's Lamar Jackson. He, up to that point, I believe the Bills had only played him once in 2019, and we lost to him. Like, last second, desperation throw to John Brown gets knocked away, and they win the game, and it's a big thing. They dominated us for a large part of the, part of the game on defense. And so he's there and I'm, I'm waiting for him to shed some light, some nuance, some, you know, give some real credible thought to why he's like, Oh no, absolutely. You take, you take Baltimore with the points. You take them with the points, blah, 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 blah. And they go, Oh, okay. Well, what's your reasoning? Like, well, what, what makes you so confident? You know what his answer was? Come on. Come on. We're talking about the bills here. Like, like, oh, good, they got a nice win last week but in the last moments, but I'm supposed to believe in Buffalo? Yeah, okay, I'll believe it when I see it. And was laughing his ass off about it. And I go, okay, this guy really doesn't like, like, he doesn't believe in Buffalo at all. And then about two hours later, I see him on Twitter trying to gas up Bills fans, tweeting out pictures of the stadium from himself, like out there outside going, it's game day, Bills Mafia, where are you? Oh, great game coming today, blah, blah, blah. And I go, whoa, 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 wait a minute. You're the one who was just laughing your ass off about how terrible they are and how there was no chance that they go up against a team with the pedigree of the Baltimore Ravens and hold their own. This was going to be a laugher. And you thought that you were going to like, oh, you put big money on the Ravens because that's how confident you were. Fuck you. And I, t- I called him a carpetbagger. And I had some other not so nice things to say. And, you know, as the whiskey flowed, so did the tweets. And eventually he, I guess, addressed it on his own podcast. Um, like, guys, that's the person you're dealing with, though. Right. He talks out of both sides of his mouth. And the worst part is that because you're not petty like I am, you've not only forgotten that transgression, you will forget this latest one. Like, and you'll just delude yourselves into buying his shtick. Right? Nate Geary. Eating this guy up. You know, here's a, I cribbed a tweet here. (coughs) But Nate talking about how he's always been a big fan of Ross Tucker. But re-listening to his segment this afternoon on WGR 550, what a great segment. 
And Ross Tucker comes back and goes, I love being in Buffalo because I love Buffalo. I love being on in Buffalo because I love Buffalo. Do you? You're all going to fall for this again. The next time he goes on WGR, you'll ooh and ah and eat up (coughs) whatever pro bills nonsense he has to offer you. Because, Chris, he's Guy Young. Yeah. He's Guy Young from Eastbound and Down. That's who he is. And I need you all to see it. I don't, it's not, not even a want at this point. It's a need, a visceral need, Chris. Like, don't you feel a little bit of that? Yeah. These, uh, the one, my one take, take, <laughs> take away from the <clears throat> head coach rankings is that McDermott's 22 and Brandon Staley's 20, who are polar opposites in the sense that we get on McDermott for not being democratic enough and taking a little more chances. And Staley, he takes all of the chances. Until last year. And fails most of the time. (laughs) Fails most of the time. Fails most of those chances he takes. This latest bit of hackery was just pure clickbait. And it's nothing more than debate fuel. And I'm not entertaining a single bit of it as a nuanced football thought exercise. That's something I feel like Bruce Nolan would say. This is a thought exercise about the game of football. I'm going to make up a quarterback stew. Chris, I still, like, I can't do it. I love Bruce. I can't get there. I know a lot of our listeners listen to him. I can't do it, but I love the fact that someone's out there trying, but he's at least trying to do it in good faith. This, 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 this head coach power rankings here. Okay. First glance out of the coaches in the top 10 of Ross Tucker's rankings. There's only one head coach who is just a single playoff win on his resume. And that's Brian Dable, who I'm supposed to believe is number eight. What about, hang on. Whoa, 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 let me ask you this. Is that, like, because it feels like that's almost a diss to Daniel Jones, more so than applause for Brian Dable. Like, holy shit, this guy sucks at quarterback, and you guys made the playoffs. You guys won a playoff game. Woo! You must be one of the best coaches in the NFL. Yeah. I like that Peyton is number four for a team that he's never coached. Yeah. But, like, but well, I will say, though, can we agree, though, pretty much every, like, his time in, like, that team in New Orleans was more competitive than it deserved to be because he was there. And they got Drew Brees. <clears throat> but also, even after Drew Brees, it was still more competitive than it deserved to be most of the time. Unless yeah. it was Thanksgiving and the Bills were just stomping a mud hole in them. But, I digress. I go down the list. Dan Campbell is 16. Is Dan Campbell a fun story? Very much. Sure. He's entertaining. Is he easy to root for as an AFC fan? Bet your sweet ass. His Lion teams have had one successful offensive season. They've ranked 29th or worse in both yards and points allowed on defense during both of his years as a head coach. Just as a head coach in Detroit, like I'm not even going to bring his Miami years into this. Just in Detroit, he's 12 and 21 and 1. 
Ross Tucker wants you to believe that he believes that a coach that has only won 37% of the games that he's been a part of is not just slightly better, but leaps and bounds better at being an NFL head coach than the coach of a team that's won his division for three consecutive years. Does that sound like negotiating or speaking in good faith? No. Okay. Arthur Smith, and this is where it gets fun, right? In our group chat with Iman, like we've discussed here in Buffalo that there's a plot unfolding where shadowy entities are paying to promote and hopefully profit off of hackery. Now, I'll let... Guys, come see me at the Girls Mafia tailgate on Sunday. I'll tell you all about it. It's it's. Uh, I'll tell you, I'll spill the tea, if you will. But either way, there's a plot here. What are the odds that the same thing is happening here with shitty NFC coaches and Ross Tucker? Like, what if someone's paying him a little bit of coin to be like, hey, can you just write a piece and pump up these dog shit coaches? Yeah. Can you do that? That's the only that's the only thing here that makes sense. The NFC South has been one of the worst divisions in the NFL for a while. When's the last time the whole division was good, Chris? What was that year we all went nine and seven? Everybody went nine and seven, and I think we went eight and eight. I that might be it. Because we're all even. I I just I look at that division. And against that mediocrity, Smith's teams have gone an identical 7-10 and 10 in back-to-back seasons. And while you'd probably expect their defenses to be mediocre because he's supposed to be an offensive-minded head coach, it's been two seasons and they still haven't been able to be anything more than mediocre throwing the football. They were 25th and 24th in touchdowns with three different quarterbacks over that time span, 31st in yards, and went 2-4 and four in their own division last year. But Chris, that coach is better than Sean McDermott, who took a roster who had Eddie Yarbrough at defensive end. Eddie Yarbrough, great guy, talked to him at training camp that year when I had credentials. Just not good football players. (laughs) They jettisoned some of the best football players they had. You know, you could also make a case. And made the playoffs. You could also make a case with uh, O'Connell in Minnesota. How many one-score wins did they have? This year, and then they got bounced by the number eight ranked head coach, Brian Daybowl, in the playoffs. So your first season, with all of those one-score wins and getting bounced in the first round, gets you mediocre. That's the mean. Fifteen. Apparently. stupid. Apparently, right? He also... Like... I was going to say this isn't meant to be a slight, but it absolutely is. We talk about how Dan Snyder has the NFL's most punchable face. Arthur Smith is probably the antithesis of that in that he's just sad looking. But you don't have to trust me. Ask Reddit. Chris, as our YouTube... Guys, this is why you should be watching us on YouTube. There's graphics for you to enjoy. Uh, Over at subreddit Falcons, Arthur Smith looks like he should be answering the door to Haunted Mansion. (laughs) Chris, look at that photo. It's hilarious. <laughs> uh, just some of the comments. I'm just going to run down them. Uh, he looks like an out-of-work magician. Uh, he looks like the assistant manager of a Shoney's. That's not a body that can do push-ups. The aerodynamics simply will not allow it. 
They, someone called him Thickless Cage. <laughs> <laughs> you get the idea. He's a fucking doof. He's he's a wet noodle who hasn't made the playoffs, and yet somehow he's a better head coach than Sean McDermott. To hell with this guy, too, right? Along with whoever is paying Ross to gaslight everybody into believing these coaches are worth a shit. But I want to wrap this exercise up with the... Uh, the guy, like the moment, right? The moment that I knew, right? First glance, I see the graphic and I look for Sean McDermott because that's what you do, right? Yeah. You look for your coach. Like, okay, well, where's my guy? The fuck 22. Let me work up the chain. I didn't have to go very far. It only took three spots for me to realize that this entire list had to be bullshit. Ron Rivera ranked number 19. Now, I could do a deep dive on all of the statistical reasons that this guy sucks, right? <laughs> I, I could do it. Here's three things, the only three things that I need to know in order to spit in the face of this idea. Ron Rivera has 12 seasons in the NFL. McDermott has more winning seasons in half that time. And I think what's shocking is that Ron Rivera has eight seasons where his team won seven or fewer games. 75% of his career spent wearing a headset on an NFL sideline. The dude had seven or fewer wins. He couldn't break 500 most of the time. His best seasons were keyed by a defense run by who? I don't know. Sean McDermott. Sean McDermott! And then if you want to move past that and talk about recent history, probably the most glaring thing, like if I'm being a petty asshole about this, this is the son of a bitch who dicked around and just out of nowhere shoehorned Carson Wentz back into the uh, Washington Commanders roster for no reason whatsoever and lost to the Cleveland Browns in Week 17 last year. And then afterwards in the post-game press conference, it came to light that he had no fucking idea that his team could be eliminated from playoff contention if they lost that game. He had no clue. He had no idea what was at stake, and he made the equivalent of the Tyrod Taylor, uh, Nathan Peterman move. Yeah. I don't give a fuck what you think about Sean McDermott's in-game mistakes, his conservatism, his unwillingness to adapt that have cost us in some key moments of games. At least he knows what's at stake when he goes into a football game. He has his team prepared for the consequences of failure before a football game. If you try to float an idea like that past me, that a coach who's capable of some horse shit like that is somehow better than my three-time division, three consecutive division-winning season head coach. I, Chris. Yeah. Like, at this point, you might as well be a person just kind of slipping into casual conversation that you talked about the slee stack during your last Scientology meeting. I know I am not dealing with a reasonable human being. Or at least someone who's trying to speak honestly about the thing that they're doing. That was the moment that I knew unequivocally that this, it's bullshit. 
It has to be. It was not put together in good faith. It's just more hackery from a charlatan and a carpetbagger. Both things I have said to him on Twitter, I will say to his face if I ever get the opportunity, because realistically, Chris, I don't care. Nate can make that opportunity happen. Good. And what's he going to say? Well, I have a podcast. I have a podcast too, dickhead. I don't. I don't get paid as much as you do, but also I feel like what I do is at least honest. Yep. I'll see you in hell. We're both going to be there. You and that stupid chin strap. I, okay, I'm. I, <laughs> and the problem is, I get frustrated knowing that this is the shit that he pumps out, and you all are just. Short memory, you're going to forget about this, too. And you're just going to be like, you can't wait to applaud when he sweeps in and says nice things about our team. He shows up on WGR and applauds Josh Allen after a big win, and it's a big conversation. And they go, man, that guy really loves our city. I go, no, he's an opportunist and a carpetbagger, and he should be labeled as such. I will never stop grinding this axe. And the next time you hear him on WGR, remember, that's the guy who thinks Ron Rivera is better than Sean McDermott. Just remember that, please. Do me that favor. Chris, this offseason has felt like the longest one, hasn't it? Very long. It needs to end. Just like this show. Unfortunately, we have more of this type of conjecture because in our next podcast, we're going to be talking about things that we might overanalyze. And it starts with a hilarious story about something I overanalyzed. And I found out that Chris likes to keep boxes of chicken wire around his house. Uh, you're going to have to check out that story at the top of our next podcast, because for tonight, we got to get the hell out of here. Guys, I hope that you all find something better after occupy your time. Listen to li- Go back and listen to all of our old podcasts before you tweet nonsense at some dork who says Haley Steinfeld shouldn't be dating Josh Allen. Uh, go out there b- before you get into a heated b- internet feud with somebody who thinks that their coach is better than ours. Write a letter. Write an actual letter. Put it in an envelope. Lick a stamp. Send that thing in the mail. And then think about what... Just find something to get you through this. Chris, how many how many more months do we have until training camp? Two. This is going to be the longest six weeks of my life. Guys, I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Krueger. And this has been your Rock Pop Report. <laughs>